Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. Welcome in, everyone. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, before we get started, I want to let you know that the second round is in full swing, and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders, and to give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free-to-play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot, you heard me right, free shot, at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to ten grand in total prizes each and every day, y'all. The best part, did I mention it's free? It's free, y'all. Uh, DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games, track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. And DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN. For a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. So, Laura, before you hop on DraftKings and get your account set up, how are you today? I'm great. And, you know, just when we think that there's not going to be exciting Blue Jackets news in the offseason, we get another week full of just some fun times. Nothing crazy. Nothing's like, oh, my God. Um, nothing hurts. Yeah, nothing, nothing hurts. hurts. All positives. <laughs> um, but the first thing I want to start with is that um, yesterday the Blue Jackets announced that we've officially re-signed um, forward Kevin Stenland to a one-year $1.05 million contract Um which is a very interesting circumstance um, because as we all learned with this announcement, um, one of the main reasons they probably did this is to make uh, Stens available for the expansion draft with the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. And I think that that's the part that is so interesting because technically Stenland didn't have to sign that contract. Like Stenland has arbitration rights. So he could have been like, actually like, y'all are going to have to like figure something out because I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to sign this. And then they would have had to figure out somebody else to leave open because, you know, Seattle has to have the ability to choose from at least two forwards that meet the requirements of the expansion draft. And Stenland is one of them. He meets the requirements for the number of games played in the last two seasons and, and last season as well. Um, those are prorated. So it's either 27 games in the last season, or I believe it was 54 in the season before, like combined Mm. between the two seasons. So for those keeping track at home, that means that the Blue Jackets, if they did expose Gus Nyquist, for example, even though he didn't play a single game last year, he did play enough to cross the threshold in the previous season. So he would be able to be selected. So a lot of really interesting things uh, that'll come from the expansion draft in Columbus Blue Jackets land. I think there's going to be a little bit more strategy involved than people think. I think we were kind of like gaslighted a little bit when we were talking about the expansion draft because 
the, the idea was, well, this one was going to be super easy. And while it's going to be easier on the Blue Jackets than I think the Vegas Golden Knights expansion draft was, it's never really easy to lose a player. And so uh, it'll be interesting. And, and Laura, I think we're going to have to give the people what they want. I think we're going to have to do an expansion draft episode at some point. Oh, the pain. <laughs> I know. I know. I know that you're not really excited to talk about somebody leaving for absolutely nothing other than a wave goodbye, but. Well, I mean, as we've talked about before, we very much so. I think this would, this would be less, this will be less painful than it would have been if I was like present for the Vegas expansion draft. Um, just because we're already such big fans of the Kraken and everything that they're doing with that organization. Um, so I think it's a little bit easier for me to be like, okay, they're going to a good place. Like, you know, they're going to find a good home and they'll, you know, feel safe and supported in Seattle. So, um, but yeah, no, we'll definitely have to do um, an expansion draft episode, especially as we get closer to um, the deadline to submit your, like list um every team has to submit a list of who they're protecting and who they're leaving available um so yeah we'll have to make some of our own predictions and see how that goes but for me i am good either way like i obviously i am a fan of kevin senland i think that he got the short under the stick this past season um did not get enough playing time did not get enough opportunity to like work through some of the issues that I think they thought he had. Um, and so I would love obviously to see him have that opportunity again, wearing the union blue, but um, you know, I think he also knows an opportunity when he sees it. So potentially he knows that he'll have a good opportunity here, but he'll also have a good opportunity if he ends up getting selected by Seattle. So, um, so yeah, I'm good either way. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of a, not a yay, but also not a meh. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Although if I'm Seattle and Eric Robinson and Kevin Stenland are both available, Kevin Stenland's going to be a blue jacket. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I'm being honest, without throwing too much shade at our friend Kevin Stenland. But, uh, yeah, so, like, like we said, some interesting things to come there. But, Laura, some really interesting things happening in the front office at Nationwide Arena – so going to run through some player development staff changes as well as some hockey operations staff changes uh, happening for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Really exciting news, in my opinion, because it's a lot of folks that are going to sound familiar to people. And you all have probably, like if you're listening to this podcast, you're a Blue Jackets fan, you know that this happened. But we're going to chat about it anyway. So um, the development staff changes. Uh, so Rick Nash is promoted from a special assistant to the general manager to the director of player development. Derek Dorsett and Mark Latestu, former Blue Jackets, are named development coaches. And Brad Thiessen, former uh, AHL star for the Cleveland Monsters, is named the uh, goaltending development coach, as well as a hockey operations change. Um, Joseph Bumidian, we're going to act like I said that right. And if I didn't, I'm sorry, um, is named the director of pro scouting. He had previously been over in Europe doing scouting for the Blue Jackets, so now he's taking over the pro scouting efforts for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Laura, what are your initial thoughts about bringing home some some former Blue Jackets, some former Blue Jackets that realistically, like, 
I think about like when I became a fan and these are just staple names. I know you remember how excited I was when the Blue Jackets brought back Mark Letestu and you were like, okay. And I was like, no, <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I can big. talk about my favorite Mark Letestu moment as a fan. I, I don't want to take over the story there, but that might've been his last Blue Jackets game, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure either, but it involves my my all-time favorite, Mr. Cam Atkinson, knocking out his own teeth by accidentally hitting a puck off the goal off the crossbar during warm-ups. <laughs> not even during a game. Um, but yep, Cam knocked out his own teeth. Um, obviously could not play. And there's a great, like, security camera footage of Mark Letestu, who they, I believe they said was, like, out to dinner with the other guys that were scratched. And you just see him, like, running in his skates <laughs> to go get on the bench in time for the game. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my personal, personal favorite Mark Letestu uh, memory. But, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Rick Nash advancing in the organization. Obviously, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, if you know anything about the Blue Jackets, you know who Rick Nash is. You know the impact he's had on this franchise. I am pissed, however, that the NHL chose to announce his promotion by talking about all he did for the Rangers. Like, yeah. That's a bunch of bullcrap. So, which, you know, weird, knowing very well that Rick Nash is the most notable Blue Jackets player, um, also advancing within the Blue Jackets franchise. But yet the National Hockey League chose to reflect on his time with the New York Rangers, which is kind of a hot button situation when it comes to like long-term Blue Jackets fans so interesting choice National Hockey League Um, but I think it's great to see him rising up within the situation I think there's great potential for him to make and have a very long career within the franchise outside of being a player Um, and obviously the return of some other players um, I think is a really good look for what we're going to be going into because it helps to have people who know the organization, know the franchise, know the ownership and can follow along with whatever goal plan, strategic energy they're trying to go with. Yeah. I have to say every time you say national hockey league, as opposed to saying NHL, I feel like you're like a parent scolding its child. 100%. Yeah. When you use their full government name and you can feel free and use this in the clip. If you, (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, to your point, I mean, like Rick Nash obviously played more seasons as a Columbus Blue Jacket. Uh, Yeah, obviously had more team success in New York, but I would say personal success is pretty much he did have his most goals in a season with the Rangers, but like that's it, like that, and it was by one, like it was by one goal. But so I just a, think it's weird to announce his advancement with the Blue Jackets by talking about him being a Ranger. Like, Correct, yeah. But I digress. <laughs> I, I want everybody to go watch like the Rick Nash trade deadline or trade tree video. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. Basically, like, there's a video outlining the like Rick Nash trade 
to New York and like then it outlines on the New York side like him being traded to Boston and like all this kind of stuff so it like all like kind of like trickles down on both sides and like trading Rick Nash is why we have Artem like had Artemi Panarin like which is just like things like that are just so fun to me like that's my favorite part of hockey that's why I get so amped in the off season and I know you hate it but but yeah no I totally agree I mean I I think about like Rick Nash is a big deal there. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but he's been around, right? Like, he's been around for the last couple of seasons. And so, um, as exciting as that is, to me, I'm even more excited about the idea of Derek Dorsett and Mark Letestu coming in to the franchise. Uh, you know, especially Mark Letestu. I think I think this was kind of in the tea leaves for everybody um, after he got traded from um oh god where did he get traded from back to columbus i can't remember it's not all that important um i want to say winnipeg no no it doesn't matter um (laughs) anyway when he got traded back to the blue jackets um you know they talked about how like his family was buying a house and building a house in columbus and all that kind of stuff so it was like yeah like that makes sense that he's coming back I'm pumped about Derek Dorsett. Like I, and that's probably a name that like before, um, before it was announced, like that's probably not somebody I ever brought up to you. Like that's probably not somebody who ever like was on your radar or on fans, like recent fans radar. But Derek Dorsett to me is like pinnacle blue jackets hockey. Like I think probably like my biggest like fan girl moment as a fan was when I was eating at the five guys at Easton. And Derek Dorsett walked into the Mitchell's like Ocean Club, and I was with my friend. I went, "That was Derek Dorsett." <laughs> that, was, that was Derek Dorsett. <laughs> I thought you were about to tell me you had like a physical interaction with him, but you just saw him from like. Yeah, no, no words. I've seen many hockey players at at Easton. I ran into Timu Solani, which again, like, I don't know if that's a name that you would know right off the top of your head, but like Timu Solani is like. And all like he's like a Hall of Famer, like he's great. Like he retired a handful of years ago, and when I saw him, he was like, uh, it might have even been his last season in the league. Um, but I just remember like we said hi to him, and then like this table, like he sat down at this table of people, and me and my friend went up afterward, like after he left, and we were like, was that Timu Solani? And they were like, yeah, yeah, it was. And we were like, what the hell? So yeah, it was a good time. It was it's wild. I ran into more hockey players at Easton than I would have ever thought. But these are just, and this is like where my ethos comes out, right? You would think that a development coach is spending a lot of time with younger players. I don't know exactly how that role works or like what exactly goes into it. I'm sure it differs from team to team. Mm -hmm. But these are guys who are going to be working with your young players who came back like who love the city who are going to like be advocates for the city who are going to be advocates for the franchise. And I think that's important. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. Yeah, no, I agree. Like it's definitely. um, And I think that this announcement was kind of being alluded to. I don't know if you saw it or not, but like Jody Shelley had been posting a couple of things the last couple of weeks about the alumni association here in Columbus with the blue jackets and just like all that they do Um, and how passionate they are, um, those who have chosen to return um, to the city to live their post-NHL career life. Um, And so I think that speaks volumes that, um, you know, both of those guys would want to come back. And then also Brad Thiessen, who just had 
his retirement from the AHL, um, you know, with great success in Cleveland with the Monsters, um, you know, to have him also want to return and join the front office, like, this all points to, like, really good things with, and I know we're all stressed with everything that the Blue Jackets are going on, have going on right now, but, you know, these are the good things. These are the things we have to look at and we have to remember um, as we go through this reload, rebuild, redesign, whatever we're going through right now, um, you know, that there are positives coming out and these are the positives. I know he's not using this phrase anymore, but the brick by brick situations that are going to help rebuild this franchise. And so we have to celebrate them when they happen. Without a doubt. And I think I'm just, I'm excited. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, and I think that that shows like there's a commitment from, from this organization to its previous players, like to its former players, um, which again, I think that that's also attractive to older guys who are, who are really, um, who are aspirational and their desire to work in a front office, uh, who have interest in sticking around hockey and coaching and development, you name it, scouting even. I think, I think through the fact that again, like Jared Bull is, is still a member of this coaching staff and it's a matter of like, okay, does that like, I'll be interested to see if he gets talked about for, um, for an assistant coach role, like for like a, like a behind the bench assistant coach role. I know that Aaron Port's line has alluded to former Blue Jacket Kevin Deneen uh, from like the original like team to uh, potentially be behind the bench with with Brad Larson, and so it's it's a unique thing that isn't is not a regular occurrence here. Like it's mm-hmm. a, a franchise that's twenty years old, right? So, I mean, I, I think about this sometimes where I'm like, I don't I don't know anybody who's retired a, a Blue Jacket. Like I'm trying to think through, like technically, Brandon Dubinsky will. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Actually, but with him being like out and like not playing for so long, I guess like it just slipped my mind. But yeah, Brandon Dubinsky will be like the the first like big name, big name. Yeah, as of July first, his contract, his final contract will be over. And and I guess too, like I think like Vinny Prospel would technically count, but the issue with Vinny Prospel is I think he went. Did he go and play in Europe afterward? I don't know. But that was, like, drama, though, because, like, he was pretty much, the way I understand it, promised a role like what you're seeing these guys fill in the front office and in in development. And then John Davidson came and, uh, you know, Yarmo Kekalina was hired to replace uh, Scott Housen. And then, like, I guess that, like, promise, like, went by the wayside and and Vinny was pissed, Um, which is fair. Fair enough, but but yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting things happening, and and hopefully we're getting close to the Blue Jackets naming some assistant coaches. Hopefully by the end of the month, uh, to get this coaching staff figured out and rounded out. Um, speaking of coaching staff, there's one thing I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it, and I didn't say this when we were planning for the episode, so I'm putting you on your toes. Okay. Um, <laughs> did you listen to Brad Larson's Elliot Oh interview on Torgan Elliot? on QFM 96. I listened to the first half of it. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I just want to bring up as something I thought was so interesting, and I don't know if it felt like shade, but it might've been shade. 
Um, they asked him about Patrick Line. Did you get a chance to hear this part? Mm-mm. They asked him about Patrick Line, and they asked him about like getting into his rhythm and getting into a groove and, and that kind of deal. And he was like, you know, like he got here and he and he was performing, like he was scoring for us, this that and the other. And then he was like, and I think just being traded to a new team and like you want to do everything you can for your new team. I think he was trying too hard, and I think he overthought things. And and you know, when you try to do everything, you you suck at everything. <laughs> like you know, what I mean, like he didn't say that, but like. You know, essentially in a roundabout way. That's- yeah, like it's it's hard to be good at everything, and so he was like, "We're going to surround him with the players that are going to make him the best player he can be." And I thought that was interesting because I think we've spent a lot of time over the last few weeks, like just kind of expecting for Patrick Line to be one of those off-season moves because you're looking at a rebuild, and it's a matter of okay, why keep Line around if you think this? But I really like. I don't know. I I mean, I I know Yarmo like always says like he'll hear whatever, like he'll hear whatever, but he's not going to just do things and do things. But we don't get the impression that he is planning on getting rid of line. A. I also don't get the impression that he thinks that they're going to be bad next year <laughs> like like the way and i know you can't just go out as a general manager and be like we're gonna fucking suck like i get that like you can't say that but at the same Not time chicago did though well right but like at least like i don't know like there's there's so such a part of me that's like he really thinks that they're gonna and, and that like i'm like are they going going to try something here like are they gonna try to and i think that's interesting but the the real shade of the interview was like Larson said, we're not going to try to turn Patty into something he's not. And I was like. <laughs> Who did that? <laughs> Who did that? Did somebody do that? I'm thinking that maybe somebody might have done that. I don't think it was actually shade, but there's a part of me that was like. You know he did not shade towards right. If it was anybody else, if it wasn't Larson that said that, I would think okay, shady. But yeah, I don't think he did. But I I heard that. I'm like, but back back to touch on a point that you kind of just made about thinking Yarmo may not think or understand what we're going through. Um, you and I sit on different pages of this. Like, I'm not like, I understand like what we're going through. And so I am adjusted to the fact that like, we could, could very well be terrible. Um, but I also like to hold on to the hope that, Hey, maybe it won't be so bad. So for me, it's nice to see things like that from Lars, from Yarmo. And yes, I'm speaking positively about the idea of Patrick Line staying as a blue jacket. Yeah. Are you um, sick? <laughs> I don't think I have a fever, but like yeah. maybe. Um, so yeah, I'm just, especially when it comes to them, just trying to to be the eternal optimist within reason. Like I'm not a crazy person. Um, sure. But so yeah, so we'll see. But I haven't gotten the sense. I mean, with with Patrick being at the press conference with you know, Lars making comments about what they, you know, what he plans to do with Patty. Like, I kind of feel like he's going to sign like a one-year deal so they can see what happens and then we'll go from there. But, and I'm not mad about that. Like, Mm -hmm. 
I, I would like to see what he's like in a regular season. Yeah, I agree with you. I, to your point about being the eternal optimist and like hoping that it's not that bad next year, there are rumblings that the Blue Jackets are involved in, conver- well, not involved in conversations, I shouldn't say, but like could potentially be a fit for, for Jack Eichel, which is something we've talked about before. Um, and I, I think it's just such an interesting idea. Like, I think it's such an interesting idea that, like, we could be talking about uh, this huge rebuild and all that kind of stuff and how it fits into the timeline. And the idea of bringing in Jack Eichel, I want to be excited about it because, like, I think that that would be exciting. But I'm not excited about that concept. And maybe I'm just, like, being, like, a fuddy-duddy and not, like... (laughs) Well, and, you know, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast or not but we've talked about it personally about Jack Eichel and it's you know the situation is and I think I don't think people like either register this but like he needs surgery like he hasn't had surgery on the issue with his neck yet so like the weird thing about bringing in Jack Eichel is like we could bring him in but he might not even play for us until the 22-23 season if they agree to because it's the other thing about learning about how the NHL works with what authority they have over their players bodies and stuff um you know and so it would be because I would doubt they would I would hope not that they wouldn't continue to do what the Sabres have been doing with Eichel where they're pushing back and pushing back and pushing back his surgery because all it's going to do is continue to cause him issue and continue to hold back a player that has still huge potential left in his career. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so obtaining Jack Eichel would be interesting and exciting, but I don't think it would be an immediate situation. I think we would be waiting a while to actually see him dress as a blue jacket and play. Agreed. I, I do just love the chaos of the conversation, though. Like, I really do. It's just like, I know. Every day it's a new combination of who they would like to just throw at the Sabres for Jack Eichel. So. Well, and what's interesting, too, is, like, there was a time where I don't even really remember the Blue Jackets ever being, like, quote-unquote big game hunters or being this organization that was, like, willing to make these moves to try to, to, try to acquire somebody like that. But I... The way Yarmo works is it's just like I I'm not surprised if he's involved in literally anything in the league. Like I think he is probably somebody who like makes the most phone calls in the league to try to like get his like he sticks his nose in places where it doesn't need to be in a way that I only can admire. And that's kind of how this one feels to me. Like I would love to see uh Jack Eichel, Patrick Lyonet, Oliver Bjorkstrand first line. Like that would be like I think that that has a lot of potential to be really good, but I don't know. Like I almost prefer, um, and this is almost a good segue. Like I almost prefer the idea of utilizing somebody that we can trade for in the Seth Jones trade that will inevitably happen as somebody who can anchor a first line or like develop into a first line center. Like, I don't know if I want to go out and 
spend, I mean, keep this in mind too, folks, like $10 million a year is Jack Eichel's cap hit. And and the Blue Jackets are fine financially in terms of like cap space, but it's just a matter of like, if you could instead get somebody like Kirby Doc, who we'll talk about in a second, who has this potential to be a first line center, or if you can draft somebody um, this year with that fifth overall pick that you think can turn into a first line center, like I would rather see us develop somebody than then have them come in and you know be making millions and millions of dollars and already developed and have to kind of like fit a puzzle piece in that maybe just won't work um that's kind of where i'm at on it do you have any strong well, yeah or? i think i agree like again obviously like i just said it would be great jack eichel big name player big name talent, much like Patrick Line. Great to add those pieces to our roster, but there's some issues there. Like there's some hurdles along the way. And I don't know that that's necessarily like the best move for us to make right now. And I know a lot of people are going to be like mad about that, but um, you know, we're, we're looking over like a course of a few years here. Like what's, what we need to happen. So I definitely think it's in our best interest to, like you said, get something with this, this very much so looming Seth Jones trade um, that we can start using to build, you know, build upon right now. And unfortunately, yeah, that probably means that we miss out on Jack Eichel because wherever he goes, he's going to sign, you know, a decent, or he's going to ride out the remainder of his Mm -hmm. Buffalo contract. Um, You know, so that's just unfortunate in this thing, but we have to think what's best, not in this moment, because you don't want to think just about this upcoming season because we're building. So you have to think about how we're going to go about the next, you know, two, three, four years. And I think the idea of bringing in like somebody who is a very like capable player to play on the first line and center that first line with somebody like Patrick line is totally respectable. Like I know a lot of people bring up Sam Reinhart in Buffalo as well. Um, you know, there aren't, or like Ryan Nugent Hopkins is somebody who comes up too. He's a little bit older, but um, somebody who could potentially be a good fit in Columbus. And then there's this idea that he's, you know, that Columbus has wanted him for a while. And so I would like to see that. And then, kind of let a younger guy compete for that spot and have like a pretty good like 1A, 1B situation. But um, we shall well, see. Yes. And, you know, kind of my final point is like we even in just, I mean, we've always, we've needed a center for a while since PLD left. Um, but now even with things that have occurred in the off season, I mean, Max Domi is out until at least late December, January with shoulder surgery. So like there's not even that option to condition him to get him up to the center space that they're hoping for. And then as we talked about in the beginning of this episode, Kevin Stenland is going to be up potentially to go to Seattle. So that's another person that we've been using as a center component that we won't have anymore. And so, and then you have Jack Roslevic who his improving, but still needs like that 
honing and like more all of that same with alexander texier like both of those players like they still need so we we definitely need a center and we need a center that can play right now do you know what else alexander texier needs what a contract that's also true (laughs) he ain't gonna play for free so that'll be interesting i want us to we're gonna do it this a little bit of like a teaser do an episode at some point here during the off season before free agency, where we're going to take a look at evolving hockey's projections for contracts and decide on whether or not we would be okay with them signing higher or lower. If that feels just right um, from our entirely, not entirely, but like relatively speaking, uninformed opinion <laughs> in terms of hockey. Kind of uh, like our version of price is right. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Wait, that's, that's exactly what we're going to call the segment. We got to figure out a different name for the segment, don't we? I'm not trying to get sued, but yeah. um, it'll be a great time. Join us. Come on down. Probably can't say that either. Okay. <laughs> um, the way I'm about to get a cease and desist letter to my front door, like literally right now, being like, y'all got to stop the podcast. Um, so in terms of, you know, we kind of alluded to it, the idea of like bringing in somebody who's like going to be a high-end prospect who could be a future piece that's really important. The Seth Jones trade again is inevitable. Uh, Mark Lazarus had an article in The Athletic this week talking about the potential interest of the Chicago Blackhawks in Seth Jones, which isn't a new concept. I think we've talked about it on the podcast, Um, but provided a little bit more context in terms of what some sources around the league think Seth Jones' asking price is going to be, or like Yarmulke Kalina's asking price for Seth Jones, and um, whether or not that's worth it. And so in that article, Mark Lazarus says that a lot of sources kind of fall around a first round pick, a second round pick, and a high end prospect. That excites me. Like that gets like that's so much fun to me. Like the idea of like making that kind of a trade that could be really important for our future. Mm-hmm. But specifically in the terms of the Chicago case, um, Kirby Doc is the player that is alluded to, and one of the sources and one of the scouts said. I think I think it's worth it. Like I think I think I would do it. And if the Blue Jackets could get something like that out of Chicago, I think that's a big win. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, like we just said, like that would be an instant person that we could bring into the roster that would be able to play, that would be able to shoulder that first line, um, maybe even be a good um balance for Patrick Line. Um in the event that we sign him or re-sign him here in the summer. Um, but it's, yeah, that would be, and then adding those pieces that we need to develop um, over the next few years. So those, those draft picks, those, that prospect, like, I think that that would be a good, a good situation. And like I told you before we started recording, I'll just be happy as long as he, Seth doesn't go to a team in the Metro in our division. Um, so that's all I'm kind of hoping for, that we get our money's worth in the he does not end up an, in a Metro team. I agree. There's one trade that really would excite me, and I don't know if people would agree with me, but I would love to have Jake Gensel on this team, and he plays for the Penguins. So it's like, if, but I could not even imagine Seth Jones in a Penguins jersey. Oh, God, it would make me sick. <laughs> it would be so grotesque. The one thing I do need to say, too, is even if the Blue Jackets trade away Seth Jones, 
the return is going to be so good that nobody can ever tell me that the Blue Jackets did not win that trade for Ryan Johansson and Seth Jones. Ever. Yeah, I agree. I won't take that slander. You you can't say that to me. Um, I won't allow it. I will not allow it. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of really fun things coming up. A lot of really fun. I don't even know how to describe it. Maybe fun's not the word. Anxiety-inducing. <laughs> but I like how you went from fun to anxiety-inducing. <laughs> I have to say, here here's the thing, right? It's like this all used to be like the thing that really got me excited about the off season. But then, then we started a podcast in which we have to create content quick enough to be relevant. And so it's like, I'm going to get a tweet from Aaron Portsline. That's like the Columbus blue jackets have traded, you know, Seth Jones to this and the other. I'm going to be like, I have to like, be like Michigan got to record. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't have time for that. Yes, I do. I have all the time in the world, but yeah, it's gonna be fun. I think we're gonna be busy. I think I we're gonna be busy. You. And I'm as much as I am the more anxious one about this kind of stuff. I am excited, and I'm excited to talk about it with with you, obviously, but you know, with our listeners and interacting, um, you know, with with people over these upcoming changes. So, again, like we said, this off season is gonna be huge for the Blue Jackets. And it's going to be an emotional gut punch, but it's going to be huge. That it is. Emotional gut punch and huge. That's what they always say about me. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stop it. Oh, goodness. Well, before somebody gets a hold of that and gets the wrong idea of what I was referring to, very mm-hmm. much talking about being a person of size. <laughs> this is a person of size friendly podcast. It is, yes. We are an incredibly inclusive podcast, but as you would yell at me for saying something like that, we are also not a self-deprecating podcast. That's true. Y'all should hear us off the air. Yeah. Jeremy scolds me a lot. Just the same way that you scold the National Hockey League. That's true. That is true. That is true. Well, Laura, before we wrap up this one, do you have anything else on your radar, anything else on your mind? Not particularly. I did tune in for the first half of um, Cam and Jack's takeover of the uh, NHL Instagram account last night um, after the first period of the Tampa Bay Islanders game. Um, I think it's awesome that they got asked to do that. I think it's great exposure for the team, great exposure for Jack, who is, you know, new and adjusting to the Blue Jackets still. Um, obviously I'm always a fan of Cam getting any sort of attention. So, um, (laughs) I do think they need to work on like learning how to make eye contact with the camera because there was just a whole lot of like looking elsewhere. Um, and also like maybe upping the zoom on the screen so that they can properly read um, (laughs) some things that are coming into them. But, other than that, it was great. I thought it was, you know, obviously great exposure for the team. Um, they didn't have a whole lot to talk about with the first period because that first period last night wasn't super exciting. That game definitely picked up um, in the second and third period, but still great for us. So always happy when the NHL looks upon us nicely 
um, in any sort of occasion. I just can't believe the entire time you were talking about that, you said the NHL. Like, the entire time. You didn't say National Hockey League once. No, because it was nice. I know. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it's something I've never clocked about you before, but that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's about all I've got, too. We love the the Jack. Well, I also, like, did you see the picture of Jack was holding um, Matthew Barzell's stick? Like, yes. Uh, we're all fans. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, we're just all fans of something and no shame. I respect it. Exactly. But Laura, I'm going to throw it over to you to do what you do best on this podcast. That's not true. It's like definitely (laughs) in the top five though. You do emotions best on this podcast, but I would say like plugging our social media and everything else is probably like a solid top three. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, So yes, follow us on social media. Um, We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. We're on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. We absolutely love interacting with people online. So please, please, please comment, interact, send us a DM. We love chatting. Um, you can also visit our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com, where you can learn more about Jeremy and I, our adventures with hockey, and so much more. Um, and then also, uh, if you didn't know, we launched our merch store um, last week. Very, very exciting. Um, we have some really great designs up on our in our store, courtesy of our great friend and graphic designer, Stephen Kanicki, um, who seriously makes us look so good all the time. Uh, we are especially excited. Last night, we launched our celebration of the Blue Jackets eighth coach, um, Brad Larson, with a very special Lars Bar um, vintage bar logo shirt, um, which you can get on a t-shirt, hoodie, mug. It's so amazing. We absolutely could not be any happier with the logo. Um, So yeah, so check out our merch store either through our website or at subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. And the hoodies look clean. Like the hoodies look good on the Lars bar because it gives you very vintage. Like my dad always wears like old vintage like hoodies and stuff like that. And that's what it gives me. So definitely check those out and listen, free shipping until like the 27th. Yes. Use the promo code free ship 621 for any order over $45 to get free shipping until June 27th. So get into it, orders $45 and up, you're going to get some free shipping. But until then, have fun perusing the merch store. Take What? Take care of yourself. Um, and we will talk to you all very, very soon. Bye. <laughs>